Hello, active and inactive listeners, you monarchs here to behold this swelling scene. I'm Dob Birch, and this is my colleague and artist in arms, Madeline Waddle. Hello! Tonight, we have the first installment of Arden Radio Theater's Mac Arena. Plus, our weekly review of Arden County Arts and our picks for who to watch out for in this fantastic cast. And after the show, stay tuned for an interview with the Thanes of Ross, Angus, and Lennox, Claude Perkowski, Pete Neptune, and Angus Mobile. Well, let's kick this off, shall we, Doc? Righto. This is my favorite episode of every season, when everything is full of potential and we have fantastic performances to look forward to. And this year is no different. What a cast! Some surprises, tantalizing possibilities, and of course, some of our on-air favorites that keep us coming back for more. Ready to break it down, Waddle? Absolutely. But first, we've got this week's Arden County Arts Calendar. On Tuesday, there's the monthly gathering of green folks, Arden County nature lovers slash street artists. For this month's project, they'll be doing a bonsaiing of the Homely Cave Nature Trail. If you're planning to attend, bring small gauge wire and bug spray. Thursday is Claude Perkowski's weekly night at the studio. Cost is $80 to join Claude in his studio for a night of painting. Participants are asked to keep to themselves, not make any eye contact, and provide their own materials. Perkowski does not provide any instruction. And lastly, Lucretia Page is trying again to get the Seventh Sense Storytellers Guild up and running. They will meet telepathically this Saturday at 2 p.m., so tune your mental antennae in. So Waddle, other than the casting of Mac Gers, here's the big news in Arden's art scene this week. The Second Church of Old Man Talbot Choir the Harmonizing, has been sitting down with the original choir for weeks now, trying to broker some kind of peace deal between the two, and it looks like they are going to try for a joint rehearsal in the next few weeks. This is a ton of progress since the Harmonizing went rogue three months ago, over a spat between sopranos Diana Purblind and Cynthia Weacock. What do you make of it? Are we in for a tearful reunion? I seem to remember both Purblind and Weacock stating unequivocally that the two groups would only be performing together again over their dead bodies. And I've seen neither name in the obituary, so... You hate to see personal beefs interfere with the game, but that's showbiz. Shockingly, Spalberg managed to avoid controversy and personal beefs with his casting of ART's Mac... Doodle! Despite some surprises, the cast has really taken to their roles with gusto. As director, Spalberg has the right of first refusal on the narrator role, but he actually wrote the narration with Diana Purblind in mind, nicely sidestepping what was shaping up to be a bloodbath for Lady M. Purblind does seem satisfied with the role, and it effectively reigns in some of her scenery-chewing tendencies. But the real news is we've got Big Daddy Mac and his old lady, played by Benedict Mott and Agnes Valmont, a dynamite duo if ever there was one. Very excited about Valmont's return to the stage. I think this is going to be a powerhouse performance. The other couple everyone's talking about is Mariah Smythe coming through as a strong Lady Macduff, in addition to some other roles, with Mason Birch, your brother. Brother by blood only, 
as the Thane of Fife himself. As the rightful king, we have Simon Tiddle as Duncan. Not where we saw him going, Dob. Falberg definitely carved his own path here and went for a strong and vital Duncan. Is this to play off a of Macbeth who's best known for his touching vulnerability? We'll see. And as our young prince, Jasper Kane, playing Malcolm. An unexpected choice with Mead Gander as Banquo. Spalberg really throwing out the playbook here. Banquo is, I would say, traditionally more the stoic soldier type. Yeah, this is a place we'd expect a fellow like Bron Talbot to go. Mead has had some small parts in ART productions before, but is far better known for their cabaret act down at the Athenian stalls. I'm really excited to see what Mead brings to the role. And, of course, the witches. One of Mariah Smythe's roles, Celia Tittle. And you! And me! And rounding out the cast, we've got the Thanes, who we'll be talking to today. Claude Perkowski as Ross, Angus Mobile as Lennox, and Pete Neptune as Angus. This is a thrilling cast, Dob. To start with, the surprise casting of Benedict Mott as Macbeth has a lot of people talking. What do At you think first, of it? At first, I have to admit, it felt like a misstep. But when you really consider what we've seen from Mott in the past, his heartbreaking Laertes, his unexpectedly touching Mardian, it starts to seem like we're about to get one of the most exciting and revelatory performances ART has ever seen. I am over the moon about this. Number one, if I've said it once, I should have a dime. I'd like to see hard work get rewarded. This was a hard-fought audition and Ben came to play. Secondly, we know this characterization is going to be different than what we're used to seeing with this play, and I am here What for was it. expected, but isn't any less exciting, is the casting of Agatha Valmont as his lady. And for New Blood, we have Mason Birch, Pete Neptune, Angus Mobile, and Celia Tittle, all making their Arden Radio Theater debut. An almost shocking number we're of We're expecting a lot from these newcomers. Angus and Celia have been on the fringes of ART for a while. Celia supporting the rest of the Tittle clan. She's one of Simon and Octavia's brood. And Angus occasionally doing some dramaturgy. It's great to see them part of a cast. And Pete Neptune is a real wild Listeners card. may be familiar with Pete as the owner of Neptune's Honey. And the rider of a really awesome motorcycle and wearer of an equally awesome leather jacket. As Steve McQueen level cool as Pete Neptune is, there's another newcomer that's even more of a wild card. Dobbins, you yourself will be taking on the role of Satan, a servant Spalberg to made what I think was a smart choice and decided to fill the smaller roles in the script from the ensemble. So we've got a lot of people pulling double duty, but he just needed someone to fill in the ranks. Don't set your expectations too high. The acting bug will bite, Dob. And let me tell you, there's no known cure except getting in front Let's of that microphone. I'm immune. Now, if you entered the casting pool at the Athenian stalls, just take your winning card down to get your payoff. Wink Tittle is holding the bank, and he can usually be found around the pool table. All right, Dob, three words to sum up tonight's installment. Treason, prophecy, and friendship. You? Swords, blood, and witches. So, with no further ado... The first installment of Macbeth, On the Heath, with Macbeth. Arden 
Urban Radio Theater presents Macbeth, part one, on the heath with Macbeth. Three women stand in the rain on the blasted heath. These are the weird sisters. When shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain? When the hurly-burly's done, when the battle's lost and won. That will be ere the set of sun. Where the place? Upon the heath. There to meet with Macbeth. I come, Greymalk. That it calls. Anon. Fair is foul, and foul is fair. Hover through the fog and filthy air. Elsewhere, a battle rages between Scotland and traitors to her king. The army of good King Duncan stands doubtful of victory. Yet one man alone, his brandished steel smoking with bloody execution, carves his way through the opposing forces. Brave Macbeth, thane of Glam's, fighting for Scotland and meets MacDonald, the leader of the rebels. Without so much as shaking his hand, Macbeth unseams him from the nave to the chops. No sooner is one man felled than brave Macbeth begins a fresh assault. News of his fearsome courage spreads through the ranks of good King Duncan himself, who now stands in a camp near Forest, waiting for further news of the battle. Who comes here? The worthy Thane of Ross. God save the king. Whence camest thou, worthy Thane? From Fife, great king, where the Norwegian banners flout the sky and fan our people cold. Norway himself with terrible numbers, assisted by that most disloyal traitor, the Thane of Cawdor, began a dismal conflict, till that Bologna's bridegroom, lapped in proof, confronted him with self-comparisons, point against point, rebellious arm against arm, curbing his lavish spirit, and to conclude the victory fell on us. Great happiness! No more that Thane of Cawdor shall deceive our bosom interest. Go, pronounce his present death, and with his former title greet Macbeth. I'll see it done. What he hath lost, noble Macbeth hath won. Near at hand, the three weird sisters meet to perform their arcane and dangerous arts. Where hast thou been, sister? Killing swine. Sister, where thou? A sailor's wife had chestnuts in her lap, and munched and munched and munched. Give me, quoth I, a roint thee, witch, the rump-fed Runyon cries. Her husband's to Aleppo gone, master of the tiger. But in a sieve I'll thither sail, and like a rat without a tail, I'll do, I'll do, and I'll do. I'll give thee a win. Thart kind. And I another. I myself have all the other, and the very ports they blow, all the quarters that they know in the shipman's card. I'll drain him dry as hay. Sleep shall neither night nor day hang upon his penthouse lid. He shall live a man forbid. Weary nights, nine times nine, shall he dwindle, peak, and pine. Though his bark cannot be lost, yet it shall be tempest-tossed. Look what I have. Show me, show me. Here I have a pilot's thumb, racked as homeward he did come. A drum, a drum, Macbeth doth come. The, the weird sisters, sisters hand in hand, posters of the, of the sea and land, thus do go about, about, thrice, thrice to thine and thrice to mine, and thrice again to make up nine. Peace. Peace. The, the charms, charms wound up. up. So foul and fair a day I have not seen.
what are these, so withered and so wild in their attire, that look not like the inhabitants of the earth, and yet are aunt? Live you, or are you aught that man may question? Speak, if you can. What are you? All hail Macbeth, hail to thee, Thane of Glam. All hail Macbeth, hail to thee, Thane of Cawdor. All hail Macbeth, that shalt be king hereafter. Good sir, why do you start and seem to fear things that do sound so fair? My noble partner, you greet with present grace and great prediction of noble having and royal hope that he seems wrapped withal. To me, you speak not. If you can look into the seeds of time and say which grain will grow and which will not, speak then to me, who neither beg nor fear your favors nor your hate. Hail. 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 Lesser than Macbeth and greater. Not so happy, yet much happier. Thou shalt get kings, though thou be none. So all hail Macbeth and Banquo. Banquo and Macbeth, all hail. Stay, you imperfect speakers, tell me more. By father's death I know I am Thane of Glams, but how of Cawdor? The Thane of Cawdor lives, a prosperous gentleman, and to be king stands not within the prospect of belief, no more than to be Cawdor. Say from whence you owe this strange intelligence, or why upon this blasted heath you stop our way with such prophetic greeting. Speak, I charge you. The earth hath bubbles, as the water has, and these are of them. Whither are they vanished? Into the air. And what seemed corporal melted as breath into the wind. Would they had stayed? Were such things here as we do speak about? Or have we eaten of the insane root that takes reason prisoner? Your children shall be kings. You shall be kings. And the thane of Cawdor too. <laughs> Went it not so? to the selfsame tune and words. Who's there? The king hath happily received, Macbeth, the news of thy success. As thick as tail came post with post, and every one did bear thy praises in his kingdom's great defense, and poured them down before him. We are sent to give thee from our royal master thanks. And for an earnest of a greater honor, he bade me from him call thee Thane of Cawdor. In which addition, hail, most worthy Thane, for it is thine. What? Can the devil speak true? The Thane of Cawdor lives. Why do you dress me in borrowed robes? Who was the Thane lives yet, but under heavy judgment bears that life which he deserves to lose. Treason's capital, confessed and proved, have overthrown him. Glums and Thane of Cawdor, the greatest behind. Thanks for your pains. Do you not hope your children shall be kings when those that gave the Thane of Cawdor to me promised no less to them? That trusted home might yet enkindle you unto the crown besides the Thane of Cawdor, but tis strange, and oftentimes to win us to our harm the instruments of darkness tell truths, win us with honest trifles to betray us in deepest consequence. Think upon what hath chanced, and at more time, the interim having waited, 
let us speak our free hearts each to each other. Very gladly. New honors come upon him like our strange garments, cleave not to their mold, but with the aid of use. Two truths are told, as happy prologues to the swelling act of the imperial theme. This supernatural soliciting cannot be ill, cannot be good. If ill, why hath it given me earnest of success, commencing in a truth? I am Thane of Cawdor. If good, why do I yield to that suggestion whose horrid images doth unfix my hair and make my seated heart knock against my ribs against the use of nature? Present fears are less than horrible imaginings. My thought, whose murder yet is but fantastical, shakes so my single state of man that function is smothered in surmise, and nothing is but what is not. If chance will have me king, why, chance may crown me without my stir. Come what may, time and the hour runs through the rough stay. Till then, enough. In the camp of the good king, soldiers wash the grime and the blood from their faces, and watch as the traitor, who was Thane of Cawdor, meets his grisly end. The king himself, mild as he is, cannot bear to watch. Is execution done on Cawdor? I've spoke with one that saw him die, who did report that very frankly he confessed his treasons, implored your highness pardon, and set forth a deep repentance. Nothing in his life became him like the leaving it. He died as one that had been studied in his death, to throw away the dearest thing he owed as t'were a careless trifle. There's no art to find the mind's construction in the face. He was a gentleman on whom I built an absolute trust. Oh, worthiest cousin, the sin of my ingratitude even now was heavy on me. Would thou hadst less deserved that the proportion of both thanks and payment might have been mine. Only I have left to say, more is thy due than more than all can pay. The service and the loyalty I owe in doing it pays itself. Welcome hither. I have begun to plant thee, and will labor to make thee full of growing. Noble Banquo, thou hast no less deserved, nor must be known no less to have done so. Let me enfold thee and hold thee to my heart. There, if I grow, the harvest is your own. My plenteous joys, wanton in fullness, seek to hide themselves in drops of sorrow. Sons, kinsmen, thanes, and you whose places are the nearest, no, we will establish our estate upon our eldest, Malcolm, whom we name hereafter the Prince of Cumberland. The Prince of Cumberland? This is a step on which I must fall down, or else or leap, for in my way it lies. Stars, hide your fires. Let not light see my black and deep desires. The eye wink at the hand. Yet let that be which the eye fears when it is done to see. True worthy Banquo, he is full so valiant, and in his commendations I am fed. It is a banquet to me. Let's after him, whose care is gone before to bid us welcome. It is a peerless kinsman. And so did good King Duncan and his lords of Scotland depart for Inverness, the castle of Macbeth, there to banquet and to celebrate their victory. Brave Macbeth goes before to make ready his castle, 
and sends a messenger ahead with a letter for his wife, full of the strange promises and portents given him by the weird sisters. Will Macbeth be undone by their predictions? Tune in next week when Lady Macbeth says, The raven himself is horse that croaks the fatal entrance of Duncan under my battlements. Thanks, folks, for joining us for that. A strong start to a great show. Waddle and our Thanes are just heading over to the booth now for our closing interview. While we wait, here's the line of the week. So foul and fair a day I have not seen. Mention the line of the week at Filario's Pizza Pie for $5 off any brick oven pizza. While we wait for the actors, I like to share and respond to things sent in by you, our listeners. This week, we got an email from the lovely Olivia Monk. She writes, Thank you so much for your confidence in me as the Thane of Ross. Of course, once again, I didn't get the brass ring, but I'll be back next time. As they say, 23rd time's the charm. In the meantime, I want to share with your listeners an apt dramaturgical nugget. It was two competing performances of Macbeth, one by the American Edward Forrest, and the other by Brit William Charles Macready, that led to the infamous Astor Place Riot of 1849, which left 31 dead and 120 injured. Folks did not take their Shakespeare lightly back then. Just something to chew on as we listen to the show. Broken legs to all the cast. Olivia, you're a gem. All right, folks. Here we are with the Thane of Ross, Claude Perkowski. Hello. The Thane of Angus, Pete Neptune. Hey there. And confusingly, the Thane of Lennox, Angus Mobile. <laughs> Great to be here, Dob. A fantastic opening for ART's Mac. Scottish play, Dobbs. Scottish play. Pete, Angus, you're new to the airwaves, and Claude, this is a different role from what you usually take on. So I thought we'd start tonight by getting a sense of what's surprising to each of you during this process. Well, I guess I'll, uh, I'll just jump in and say that since uh, I'm new to all this, pretty much everything is surprising. Well... You know, it's been it's been a great realization for me that the lead of the show really depends on a great supporting ensemble, not to look like a fool. And I thought it was important that I was put in a position where I could really help make this play the strongest it could be. I was barely in awe of many of the other productions that I've seen. I am interested, Angus, since you've been a part of this in a different role before, how is it different as an actor from a dramaturg? It's... It's, uh, it's a little demystifying because you learn that the actors are people too, just like you. And on the one hand, you lose a little bit of your awe, but the camaraderie that you develop and the learning curve are quite exciting. And I'm interested in what you said, Pete, about how it's all surprising to you. But if we can nail down just a little bit more deeply, what would you say was the biggest surprise for you stepping into your first production? Um, the amount of commitment that it takes, if you look at somebody like Claude, who, uh, who, who commits fully uh, every moment that, uh, that, that he's in the space, whether, um, you know, whether, whether he's actually acting or, uh, or we're just taking a break and whatnot, he's, he's always in it. 
which is not something I had, I had, had thought of or yeah, seen Pete before. Really, Pete really put in the work. I must say, I was happy to have him. We really jived together. And he, when he says taking a break, I know what he means is going over notes and perfecting what we're working on. And, you know, it was really nice to have him there and to have Angus working along with us as well. It was really... Uh, yeah, I, that kind of leads me to my next question too, because I, as the witches, have really found that the camaraderie, the sisterhood, if you will, that we have on stage is bleeding over into our regular lives. Have you found that with the Thanes, that uh, the closeness you have on stage is now translating to a newfound friendship off stage? Well, again, if I can put it quite simply, I like my friends like I like my meat, Angus. Oh, well, oh yes, I'm, I'm Angus. <laughs> uh, Pete, um, we call him the bee whisperer. Um, I have found new friendships. I don't know if as a group we are as intimidating as the witches, but I do think uh, we have learned a lot by exploring together. There's no I in team, just like there's no I in Claude. Yeah, no, it's been wonderful. Again, thank you. Yes, Angus, for, for bringing it back to me. It's been wonderful having these two uh, young performers here working together. And, and it really gives me the opportunity to impart so much of what I've learned from my countless performances uh, and, and giving them notes. And really, I mean, again, Pete has just been fantastic in, in really diving into that and, and wanting as much of that feedback as he can get at all times. It's really fulfilling. Um, I have found that it has brought me back to some of my roots. You know, I, you, you lose that when you're standing so much in the spotlight, you forget what it's like to, to be tree number two or soldier number six. And those, those roles are important and getting to see that, especially, especially through Pete, the way he just commits to what he's doing, but also through the way that, you know, Angus getting to watch his, his himself on the stage and finding himself. I mean, that was, it was something now, to behold. I'll tell you will what. Come a little bit later in the program, but I know that many people, when they come to your studio nights, Claude, uh, go to you know get a glimpse of your process, a glimpse of you working through your lines. Obviously, you have much less text this production. Um, how how has your your process preparing been different? I went and watched the Highland Games to really connect with the Scottish. I drank an exorbitant amount of scotch. Um, you can also, they have a a uh, a pizza down at Filario's Pizza, where that is right now. It's a Scottish pizza. And I know that doesn't sound like something that you'd want to put in your mouth, but I'll tell you what, it is quite good to put in your mouth. I painted many a slaughtered battle, battlefield for this. You know, I, I painted many paintings of men just eviscerating each other. And I'll tell you what, it gets the blood flowing. Boiling. I've seen them. It's very graphic. I do find that uh, all three of you have really invested some of your personality into your characters, as Claude is uh, discussing, um, so much that Spalberg changed some of the narration to honor that. I'm curious, though, and perhaps this is more for, uh, for Angus and Pete, uh, since Claude has already touched on it a little bit, uh, what the process of creating a character for roles like this, where the text gives you so little in terms of personality? Uh, well, once again, with the, with the guidance of Claude, just um, 
him letting me know that I need to really get myself in the setting and in the mindset, I thought to myself, what can I do um, to put myself in the, it, to really get into the Scottish mindset? So, so off of his recommendations every night, I would pour myself a nice single malt scotch, uh, sit myself down in front of the TV, and every night I would watch either Braveheart or Train Spotting, just over and over and over again. Um, and that's, uh, th that was the beginnings of, uh, of how I got into that Scottish mindset. And what about you, Angus? Well, um, I uh, have been a student of acne, even though I've not had much experience. And Uta Hagen stresses that all the characters that you play are really just revealed sides of yourself. So once I determined the motivations and, and interplay with Lennox, I enhanced the parts of my own personality uh, to fill that. Um, I also watched some of the earlier versions on film, uh, Orson Welles' uh, version with the woolly things and the Polanski version, the nude uh, sleepwalking scene. <laughs> I'm embarrassed, I'm so sorry. Um, and I found it very helpful. I do think you may all make some excellent points about how the process can teach us about ourselves. Uh, for instance, I'm finding through playing a witch that I might actually make an excellent puppet master. I'm really enjoying being the power behind the throne. Uh, what about you, Dob? Well, you know me, Waddle. I like to just get things done. And, and the nice thing about Satan is he's just here to get things done. He delivers the news. It's rare that you hear a nice thing about Satan, but I think his efficiency is one. But getting back to our guests, um, all of you are such personalities in your own right, really at the forefront of your fields here in Arden County. Do you find that your work on the show has fed into those other areas of your life? Are you looking at ways to apply the lessons you've learned on the Scottish play to those other things you're doing? Absolutely. Uh, the lesson of community, uh, and in a sense, the tyrant uh, is overthrown by the, the concerted effort of everyone working together, has, has infused my work uh, philanthropically. Um, I do the Morris Dance for World Peace every year, inspired by my departed wife, Eileen, uh, Cressida to my toilet, if you will. And that's coming up in Flatbush Park uh, next month. So yes, my work has really helped. Beyond, uh, beyond Angus here, uh, Pete or Claude, have either of you got anything coming up that you'd like to uh, plug on the air? Well, I do have the weekly night at the studio. You can see me planning for upcoming installations about which little can be said. And, um, you know, I'm really finding myself there. I'm trying new things out. I'm, I'm trying to prepare for what comes next. And, uh, and whatever that may be, I'm going to be excited to take that on. And also, I, I found that I really do think I can become a strong teacher for other artists in this community, uh, especially if they're going to be gung-ho about it, such as Pete is. I'm going to be really excited to, to take uh, young actors under my proverbial wing, as it were, and lead them into flying grace. And Pete, any anything with the with the honey farm or? Well, yeah, as always, you know, my day to day is uh, tending to my bees down there at Neptune's Honey. Um, I'm really excited to announce that I have recently partnered with my good friend Barry of Barry's Berries. 
Um, and uh, we, uh, <laughs> I see a little, a little reaction I get there from Maddie. That's all right. Um, but uh, we, uh, we recently partnered and uh, I'm very excited to announce uh, our first uh, line of infused honeys and we'll be introducing the first one is, is our blueberry infused honey. So you come on down to Neptune's honey and get yourself some of that sweet stuff. I just think you're a saint, Pete, to be willing to work with somebody like Barry. I don't know how you do it. Are you going to be doing any more development of your CBD infused honey? I think that would be very popular. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was something told in confidence, Pete there angus but uh, maybe sometime down the line we'll uh, have an announcement about that i hope you brand it cbd again really uh showing my hand here everybody but we'll make some announcements soon <laughs> all right well before we wrap this up pete and angus seeing as though you are newcomers to art will you be auditioning again and claude what are you looking forward to in the future of ART? Well, you know what, Walt, I'm going to tell you, I'm very interested in uh, hearing you say earlier that you might want to become the puppet master. I think that uh, I would be a very strong Lear puppet. So if you ever want to put your hand inside of me and make some magic happen, I tell you what, we will bring things to this town no one's ever thought of before. Claude, are you suggesting that Waddle take on the uh, director's chair? Hey, you know, I think if Waddle does, uh, there's going to be a lot gained in this community, and I think that she could really do some I magic with me. appreciate the vote of confidence. I don't think that's quite what I meant by Puppet Master, but it's lovely to dream. I'll just jump in and second that. I mean, who wouldn't want Mad Mardigan at the helm of their show? You know what I mean? Too kind. Mm -hmm. Yes. And speaking of Lear, uh, I was so impressed by Agatha's entrancing Lady M that I think she would be a wonderful Lear. And I would love to be kin to her Lear, giving her proper support. And you could direct very easily, of course. I love the casting choice. I don't think I'm the right choice to helmet, but I am with you. Uh, Agatha Valmont Lear is exactly what I would love to see on stage. And we could find something for Claude to do. In that. Oh, of course. You go another direction, you know, I will just continue to make that front person shine by being the best ensemble there is. And hey, my, that might mean more time for me and Pete to hang out. Uh, Listen, this has been such a pleasure, this whole experience, that I, I would love to come back for anything if they'll have me. Um, but with, with these two fellas right here, it's, it's just been such a pleasure that I would, I would love not only to work with these two again, but to continue on with the characters that we have already been exploring. I mean, who wouldn't love to see a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern or Dead style sequel to Macbeth? Uh, featuring the three Thanes, and if you didn't call it in Thane in the Membrane, then uh, I'd, I don't even know why you would That would it. be an intriguing thing to see. I would, I would buy tickets for that show, for sure. Well, it's about time to wrap up here, so we are going to end today's interview the way we do every interview, with a question from the bag of Shakespeare questions. Waddle? I'm grabbing one now. All right, today's question is from Lear. 
When shall I come to the top of that same hill? When shall I come to the top of that same hill? When there are bluebirds over the white cliffs of Dover. Lovely. Lovely day to be at the top of the hill. Yes. No, I think it depends on which direction you're going. Because if there's a hill between wherever you're going, then you'll always get back to the top of that same hill twice a day, even if it's a path you normally travel. So I think it's important to remember where you are to really tell you where you've been and to know when you'll be there again. You've blown my mind, Claude. Well, I like to go to the top of the hill about once a week. Just hop on my bike, take a ride, get on the old hog, freedom of the road, and then... Uh, I like to stop on the top of a hill and take a break, look around, pop a stick of honey. That's when I get to the top of the hill. Wise words. Join us next week for the next installment of Sane of My Existence. And an interview with Agatha Valmont. Until then, this show is our show. And these dogs are my dogs. <laughs> We're Waddle. And Dob. And this has been The Horned Moon Presents. If this podcast has offended, think but this and all is mended. That this a work of fiction is nothing real but for coincidence. The Horned Moon Presents is written by Merlin Cusell and produced by me, Marshall B. Garrett. Merlin plays Waddle, I play Dob. Pete Neptune is played by Jono Island. Claude Perkowski is played by Nick Christensen, and Angus Mobile is played by Dave DeChristopher. J. Andrew Dickinson composed and performed our theme, which was mixed by Eric Bostick. You can find out more about the show and who made it at thehornedmoonpresents.com. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to our show on whatever podcast service you're using. It's a little something you can do that helps us an awful lot. We're also now on Facebook and Twitter. Just search The Horned Moon Presents and you'll find us there. You'll get the latest episode information, other thoughts about what's going on in Arden County, and you'll likely even hear from Waddle and Dob while you're there. So like, subscribe if we be friends. Next time, Macbeth, his lady, attends. <laughs> <laughs>